Bernie's not BS. Dougie Fresco here. Welcome in. Probably my oldest friend. Like, I know that you're not old, but as it relates to, like, our lives, Jamie, we go way, way further back than most people, especially in the game of golf. Uh, Jamie Taylor's in here. What up, Jamie? Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you finally invited me on your show, friend. <laughs> I know, right? Well, look, you do know this is the show where we answer golf's pressing topics, okay? But before we get to that, what we're going to talk about for today's episode, I got to know a little bit, well, I already know, but the people out here got to know a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you Cleveland's finest, you know what I mean? Like, who, who, who is Jamie Taylor? Well, first of all, yes, I'm a Cleveland native, although I currently live in Sanford, Florida. Uh, I played in high school, actually started the golf team there, went on from there to play collegiate golf for Gannon University in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, it's a small Catholic school for those who don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, what kind of school is that? <laughs> but it's hey, all, right. all right. It was D2, and they paid for me to play golf for all four years, so I, hey, I'm, it's all good. And then, uh, yeah, and then I got LPGA certified. Um, as, while I ran a couple of golf courses there in Cleveland, Cleveland Metro Parks, and I also worked for first. You didn't give me no rounds of golf, by the way. I'm still a little upset when you were. I'm just saying. I didn't Listen, know. you don't even come to Cleveland like that, but that's okay. That's fair. No, that's that's. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that's where I kind of got my start with the being a LPGA professional there for the running two golf courses, Seneca Golf Course, Shawnee Hills. Shout out to Shawnee Hills. That's where that's my home course. And uh, from there, I moved to Florida. Um, and in Florida, uh, Daytona Beach is where the LPGA headquarters is located. And that's where I started to work for the LPGA Foundation, uh, where I was the uh, programs manager. And then from there, uh, I went on to uh, start my own business that I currently oh, We got to talk about that. Hold on. We got to hard pause this. So you had all these accolades, LPGA certifications, XYs, and Zs. Yes. And you like to hell with that. Let me go ahead and do this thing over here where I'm on my own. So tell me a little bit, Jamie. What are you doing? Like, what did you start within the golf space? Because I do enjoy the fact that we got brown women out here doing it in golf. Yeah. So you know what I what I've learned over the years in golf, and I know you know, um, you know, it's it's what's well, a lot of us out there, but we don't see a lot of us at the top. So part of my motivation for even coming down to Daytona Beach to work at LPGA was because I knew if my presence was so big in Cleveland, you know, everybody would come to the golf course and say, I've never seen a black woman running a golf course before. I was a unicorn, right? So then going, I was like going to work at a global company like LPGA would just put me on a higher platform where I could really make more of an impact, right? And, and hopefully more black and brown girls can see somebody at that level uh, working in the industry. So that was my motivation. So in that process, I got to see more opportunities that weren't being addressed. And one of those being a lack of diversity um, and marketing skills, really, for the industry. So there's a, a lot. A lack of, of diversity, Jake, really. You saw <laughs> it took you to go to LPGA in Daytona Beach to, to see that golf had a lack of diversity in the business space. All right, that's fair. No, I, I get it. Let, I get it. <laughs> let me clarify. Let me clarify. It's not just the lack of diversity, but it's the lack of, a, of marketing to diverse audiences. So as I said, I came from running golf courses to now working at a global company. So all the initiatives that you see going on at the high level, um, you know, with the PGA Tour and so forth, that never gets trickled down to the people actually running the facilities. 
So I, did, I was in the dark before I came down to LPGA. I was in my own world, putting on women's programs, doing what I thought would help grow the game. But a lot of people, I have, a, I have a business background. I have an MBA, so I have that knowledge. But not every pro has that kind of background. So ultimately, I saw an opportunity to help pros on the, uh, the, at the ground level, you know, at the grass, green grass yeah. facilities to help attract and retain diverse audiences through my business. So I started the JT Mobile Training um, as well as the Black Golf Directory. Well, I tell you what, Jamie, both of those things are extremely needed. But this is exactly why I asked you to come in here to do this very topic, pressing topic. You already know what it is on Birdie's Not BS. Jamie, this week we're talking about where is the business of golf heading and how does golf and business go together in this landscape? And I want to actually bring up the, the workforce, the people within the game, the people that are providing the goods and, and the services where are we right now from your vantage point uh, in, in, in golf as it relates to just, you know, diversity, inclusion, and equity? How, how, where are we from your vantage? So I will say very, very recently, unfortunately. <laughs> I think as of last May of last year till today, there's been substantial changes in diversifying the major companies. And we're talking LPGA, PGA Tour, PGA of America, USGA, you know, all these big companies. They are making a concerted effort to not only hire more diverse candidates or look for more diverse candidates for different roles, but they're, you know, even on the leadership level. Um, so, for example, LPGA just hired their second woman in, in history as LPGA commissioner. And that's crazy, right? Because it's like, it's a women's organization. People are always baffled that the commissioner is a man. So now we have I, our... I, I, I'm, I've consistently <laughs> been, you know, perplexed by that. But that makes sense. I like it. Good move. But yeah. is, it, is it pure, though? Like, I've seen companies do one of two things. They've either done... They've either, like, tried to do so much. Like, we're so down with diversity, right? Like, I'm, I, yay, diversity. Or they've done nothing. Because they don't have people within the organization to bounce ideas off of so that whatever they do do doesn't look disingenuous or wrong. You have to have your companies represent America, culturally. This is, how, this is what I, my, my opinion. I don't know if you agree, Jamie. It's, what I, it's my opinion. But it's just one of those things where if you got the wrong people in a room, it's easy to make the wrong decision. That's true. That's true. And I've been fortunate, you know, now that I'm, uh, I'm working for myself as a contractor and LPG is one of my clients, you know, I get, I actually get more input now. So I am hearing these conversations. I am able to help them with some of their decision making. Uh, for example, they launched the Renee Powell grant uh, fund that started to help bring more black women and girls to golf, specifically black women and girls. So the funds that they raised for that um, help to get our LPGA Girls Golf Site Directors, LPGA Professionals, and LPGA Amateurs to have the resources to be able to attract more women of color, uh, specifically black women, to, to, the, to their sites and get them into golf, which is something that never would have happened, unfortunately, pre-George Floyd. I think it was obviously their genuine way of trying to make a difference, and I get to oversee something like this. So me as a black woman... I actually make sure 
is done correctly and that people yeah, are up. doing what they're supposed to do. Now, for the other businesses, I think they're doing some similar work. They're having a lot more people of color involved in some of those decisions and those conversations. And I'm not going to lie. There are some missteps. There are some yeah, missteps. They're going to they get it wrong. It's all right. Some effort is better than no effort. Like, that's kind exactly. of my attitude, Jamie. But, like, even within the game of golf, we're talking about diversity. It's always been a buzzword since the late 90s. Are we are we experiencing any new technology? Is golf experimenting with, you know, I don't even know. There's so much tech around golf, launch monitors and, and all this other stuff. When it comes to the business of golf, I don't really feel that we're seeing the game utilize the tech to, to grow in a way that uh, sustains the game for the future. I mean, to be honest, what you're specifically talking about, I don't know that that is being talked about on the on the global or, you know, at the high level. Now, if somebody who's, you know, a day-to-day green grass or an instructor, they probably are doing more of that. But what I do see from a um, product and service standpoint, they are hiring more people of color to promote their products. So, for example, there's a golf bag woman, a black woman-owned golf bag company. And I know Since that, when? Hold on. We got to shout them out. Tell me, oh, I don't even know oh. that. Okay. Orca, Tell me more. Orca Golf Bag is a black woman-owned uh, golf bag company, and they've actually secured a contract, um, I know with LPGA for sure, but she's actually gotten a couple other major companies to hire her to, to design the tour bag for the professionals and for different groups. So She's, you know, the number one go-to for their, their tour bags for some of these tournaments and, and some of their organizations. So they are doing that, I am aware of. All right, um, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. As I look at the business of golf, I'm starting to see more organizations kind of pop up, more efforts to – It's it's. I'm not trying to make this, this episode so diversity-based, but at this moment in golf, that's really like the move. Like that's what we're really starting to see. We're starting to see more and more players getting sponsors exemptions into events. Um, but one event that I know you sit on the board of um, that I'll be covering, Jamie, is the John Shippen, which I actually find to be a fascinating step. So tell me a little bit about your involvement with the John Shippen. Yeah, so the John Shippen kind of came along because of my interaction with LPGA and my connections there. Um, they knew about my Black Golf Directory. And the goal of the John Shippen is to showcase black professional and amateur golf golf players um, in a a two-day event, 36-hole event. And so because of my black golf directory, they thought I'd be a great resource to find players and and get the word out. So I was really excited about that. And obviously as a female, I was really in tune with getting them the female players that they needed, especially because, you know, Doug, you've, you've played, you've been out there. It's kind of... Hard play, to get recognized. Play. Why everybody keeps saying I play like it's past tense? I'm still out here in these streets, Jamie. Don't do me like that. You, you're I'm doing the saying, most, right? You do a lot, but all I can say is you've been you've been there and you know how hard it is to get recognized and attention and sponsors and so forth. So the purpose of this event and why I got involved with this event was because what is going to come out of this, hopefully, or what the plan to come out of this is that not only will these players get to play these 36 holes um, and be highlighted but they'll also get uh, to interact with the sponsors from the Rocket Mortgage Classic that hopefully will look and see this talented group of of players and say, hey, I didn't know you existed. We would love to possibly take you on. 
And so there's going to definitely be some great opportunity. Now, the way it'll go, you got the men, right, who are going to play for an exemption. It's like an individual championship for them, right? Correct. They'll play the Rocket Mortgage Classic the following week, the winner will. But then the women, they're actually going to play a team event because whoever wins that one, they'll get into the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational, which is later on, and that's in Michigan as well. So they I was going to say, it's, a Mich it's got a whole Mich Michigan vibe right here. Oh, yeah. Now, they're definitely Team Michigan because that's where their home base is. I, I like that. I like that the business of golf is starting to invest in diversity. It's, it's exciting to see. And it's like, finally. Okay. But are they building something, though, Jamie, that's sustainable? And that's just one question that I have. I don't know if it's rhetorical. I don't know if you have a response. But is it sustainable? Is this something that we're going to see year after year? Or is this going to be one of those things that they did that one time? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I can tell you from my from what I'm hearing, the plan is to not only sustain it, but to expand it. So it's not just related to the John Shippen in the future. I mean, as soon as we said, Rocket Mortgage Classic, it's going to hopefully be connected to some other events. But I have heard, and I, you know, I can't really reveal all the, the secrets, but there are other companies stepping up that are doing some similar things. For example, I can tell you, uh, KPMG is going to host an event that kind of supports the Clearview Foundation Legacy Fund as well as the Renee Powell Fund that's going to happen in Atlanta around their tournament. So that event's going to showcase Mariah Stackhouse, who's on their you know, team, and then uh, Renee Powell, and it's going to bring out. So, so there's other companies doing similar work, just in a different way. I tell you what, we need all the help we can get, damn it. And we golf. Like, oh. It's funny, we're talking here, and I got the, my producer here. We're talking about innovation. Where's the industry of golf innovation going? And I'm sitting here thinking, and we're arguing underneath the table, I, I don't know that golf is as innovative on the business front. Uh, and that's why, like, we're, like, going back and forth arguing. If you see my eyes drift, that's what's been going on. But, like, I don't get, I don't know how to answer that question or have feedback because I do know that playing the game, is one of the most technologically advanced things from ball flight, uh, algorithms, fitting. Like, there's so many technological advances that make the game easier to play. That's a fact. But when it comes to managing the golf industry and it comes to doing business within the golf industry, I don't see much innovation. It's it's just people having meetings and maybe, maybe it's the new update from their Outlook page. I don't know. But I, I, I just don't see... There being a, a utilization of tech or innovation as it relates to their day-to-day -day works or diversifying the workforce in golf. Jamie, you can help me. I, I, I just don't see it. I mean, I'm not going to totally disagree with you. I do feel the golf industry is a little bit behind the times when it comes to being innovative. Um, but, you know, on a basic level, you know, one of the biggest issues that golf has is that barrier, you know, especially when it comes to the golf courses. They're either not accessible to youth or the cost is a barrier or, you know, equipment and so forth. And so what a lot of um, industry initiatives are involving is uh, just what we're doing now, doing the, the Zoom and the online options so that hopefully that can be the, the touch point for some people, the first touch point to golf where they get to see a, meet a pro on Facebook Live or Instagram, right? They're trying to reach the They're trying to use 2007 <laughs> to, you know, make, make a change right now. I can dig it. I, I guess that's it. I feel like golf does lag behind. Like, all right, so it's like you got to give, give the game a pass. But 
All right, at least they're using Facebook Live, Jamie. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm glad, I, I'm glad to know that. I'm glad. And, and I know it's probably disappointing for people listening. Like, yes, golf is not the most innovative space. Look, we're going to hit a projectile through the air on some grass. All right? The people behind the counter doesn't take a lot of tech to tender somebody out and to get them in the cart and on their way. Now, there might be some tech in the turf grass management space and, you know, new lawnmowers, et cetera. But when it comes to just the business of golf, Jamie, and maybe that's where some, some efforts need to go. Maybe, they, you know, PGA of America needs to go hang out in Silicon Valley and see what Apple's doing. I'm just, that's really the first company that came to mind. So there's a thousand companies out there. But see what they do. See what's cracking. Now, I think that's actually a really great idea. And I think you need to lead the charge because you clearly have a vision for what you think this is going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I'm all for that because, honestly, that's where they're at right now. I can say as a consultant, I've been fortunate to be reached out to by many people for various things. And I think people want these ideas. They want to know what can we do because, unfortunately, the people that are leading uh, the golf industry right now you know, we're talking, we're talking about baby boomers slash Gen X's. Slash boomers, boomers. Yeah, no, they baby babies <laughs> boomers. No, they, but as you run the directory, like, how how is your business helping move the game forward? So the purpose of the Black Golf Directory was because prior to that the Black Golf Directory existence, there really wasn't a way for people to find black pros. And so even when I left uh, my golf course in Cleveland to come to Florida, all my students and people were like, where am I going to find another pro like you? And I mean, I know what like you means, right? And so I was like, I was like on Google, like, where, where can I find someone like me? And so I, could, I couldn't. And therefore, I was like, there's some opportunity here. And so fast forward to 2020, after I had a little experience with web building, I was like, this is what we need. We need a place where people can go find black professionals, whether they're teaching pros, playing professionals, um, golf, you know, college coaches, um, high school players, because, uh, you know, we got the neat recruitment for high, for college teams. Um, I also have uh, uh, junior and, and adult groups. So if somebody like, your, like, you know, like your wife, for example, she's like, I want to yeah. find a group of black and brown women. She can go on there and find that on the website. And then, of course, the businesses and not just businesses, but media like this, this podcast, because right. this, is, this is where, right. yeah, but this is where people learn about golf, like, if I wasn't an offer, I'd be more inclined to listen to you than, you know, I don't know whose podcast from Golf Channel. I need I need to see my own people out there. I appreciate doing that. It. I I appreciate you whose podcast from Golf. That makes that, <laughs> that pisses me off and makes me happy at the same time. Uh, <laughs> All right, Jamie, look, we gotta get into little segment that we call birdies or bs i'm gonna ask you a question just three of them you're gonna tell me straight up are they birdies or are they bs some of them might be completely irrelevant some of them might be relevant but i'm gonna ask you anyway birdies or bs right here number one indoor driving ranges i i'm torn with that one I, i'm gonna go with bs if i'm being quite honest because i don't believe there's a high conversion rate if someone starts at the indoor driving range i just don't see the conversion to golf course it's just it's not a good place to start. It's a good place to go in the winter, you know, when you live in a cold region and you need to warm up and keep your game tight. But if you're just getting started, the illusion that 
you know, you don't, you're not walking and, and the weather's perfect and there's nothing to, you know, think about. And so you're hitting these perfect shots. Like, it just, it's going to set you up for failure, in my opinion. I think it's birdies. I'm going to be honest, Jay. Okay. I'm going to tell you why it's birdies. Because look, in Ohio, when I was there and it was cold, I needed somewhere to practice, somewhere to be active. Uh, or hell, somewhere to take a Taekwondo class. Because you know in the domes and those indoor practice facilities, there's always a, a damn ancillary company that's there getting their money too, right? It might be gymnastics in the background, you know what I'm saying? But nah, I think it's birdies, man. Like, it's getting people the opportunity to be active in a space that is unconventional for golf. I think hitting it into the targets and all that kind of stuff up against the wall, hearing that boom, I think it's dope. I used to practice in one. I, I don't want to, but, you know, if that's my only way to get to the game, I'm glad it's there. Next one for you, Jamie. Might This might be one of the few technological advances to golf in the last 20 years. Online golf instruction. Birdies or BS? So I'm going to say birdies. And I have to say that because I kind of started doing it myself. But I will say that because of the pandemic, right, we've learned that technology has to, as you mentioned, has to be a part of golf more. And so from that perspective, I think it is a lot easier for people to reach a professional that they prefer to learn from anywhere in the world. I just like residual income for people. Like, I might even start teaching now. I mean, you look at guy, um, you know, George Gankis, previous guest on the show. Uh, he's crushing the online space. Absolutely crushing it. And uh, that's why I think it's birdies. Yeah. That's, that's why. And Jamie, going full circle here, last one. The John Shippen Invitational, birdies or BS? You already know what I'm going to say. Of course it's birdies. Of course it's birdies. Because name me one tournament that has been tied to a, a, a tour event that showcases all black players. I can't. Right. I so can't it's 2021. It's about time. I'm saying it's birdies, too. I agree. <laughs> I just don't want it to be the thing that happened that one time. That's my oh, only yeah. concern. It's my only concern with the John Ship and Invitational. I'm excited, to, that, I'm excited that they've done it. I, I love who they've named it after. I just don't want this, this, moment, this momentum and this moment in time to be one and done. We, we gave y'all brothers a chance. Y'all came out here and didn't do what we thought y'all could do, and then it's over. Like, no, it needs to be... You know, something that's sustainable, something that's year in and year out that young people, young men and women can can want to be a part of. Kind of like the Bill Dickey for us when we were kids. Like we we worked our ass off to make sure we got that invite to that Bill Dickey. Mm -hmm. Like you that that told us we was somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm saying with the John Ship. And I wanted to sustain, I wanted to continue. But anyway, that's that's all I want, Jamie. And look, I appreciate you coming in here. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's nice. With my oldest friends, Jamie and I go back. Like, I'm talking like 13, 14 years yeah, old. Yeah, we were little. A long damn time. Jamie, how do people get a hold of you and the Black Golf Directory? You can find me on all major social media uh, platforms. So Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. It's uh, Black Golf Directory. It's basically what you can put in or... Um, yeah, pretty much it. Black Off Directory. I appreciate you shouting yourself out. You gotta plug people out here. We gotta, we gotta lift each other up. You already know what it is, man. Dougie Fresh, Birdie's Not BS, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, go in there, slide them DMs. You know we're gonna answer some questions every few episodes, so slide them DMs. Listen, subscribe, share. 
We everywhere. So go out there, download it, and share it with folks. Jamie, I appreciate you right here. Uh, you know, Burry's not BS. We just, it's magical. Thank you. Thanks, friends.